Welcome to Nipe's Story. This podcast brings you audio versions of short story fiction from Kenya and the African continent. I'm your host, Kevin Machio. And on this episode, we welcome Unsika Kota and his story, My Middle Name is Trust. Shakewell Mazia is a multifaceted person. Very much so. You could ask him yourself, and he would tell you, I am a very multifaceted person. When I first met him, he was, among other things, a trader, late of Kimoronko Market. In a storied career, he had sold a variety of wares to a variety of customers in a variety of places. These, of course, in the very broadest possible sense of the words, sold, wares, and customers. Our paths first crossed in Ryazan at the university. I was there, bright-eyed and bushy-tailed, to read medicine. Little did I know that my academic career was tragically, perhaps predictably, not long for this world. Shakewell's reasons for being in that particular oblast were unrelated to scholarship. I wasn't there long enough to form what you would call friendships. However, during orientation, a group spontaneously formed in my vicinity for the purposes of a generic team-building activity. The sort of activity that's just the right combination of dull and axiogenic to cause groups of people to huddle together in solidarity. Even afterwards, we in the group remained in each other's vicinity, presumably for a mutual lack of more attractive alternatives. That being said, one person in the group was actually quite well-oriented in the social scene. I feel a bit unkind for not remembering her name. In my defense, I met a lot of people in not very much time when I was there. On the other hand, of those, she was somewhat unique. Only she attempted to recruit me into what was almost certainly, though perhaps not demonstrably, a pyramid scheme within a few short hours of making my acquaintance. I guess I really should remember her name, if only for that reason. I remember her face, though. In any case, a pyramid scheme, by my reckoning, at least. It just seemed very unlikely to me that any cryptocurrency would work that way. I mean, I'm no computer expert, but isn't the whole point of a cryptocurrency blockchain the fact that no single party has unilateral control of the thing? That authority over the records is distributed? I'm pretty sure it is. So I was pretty sure that the centralized blockchain concept presented by one S.T. Mazia was at best, a contradiction in terms and a barefaced fraud at worst. There was also the matter of recruitment. I had never come across any other currency, cryptographic or otherwise, whose value was preconditioned on peer recruitment. I have always been much more used to simply exchanging currency for goods and services with merchants who will accept it. Where no such merchants exist, I avoid possessing that currency. This rule has served me well. 
Other than indignation, the only souvenir of my first close encounter of the Shakewell kind was a business card. It was a palm-sized white square cut from good quality cardstock. Written on it in block capitals were the words Shakewell T. Mazia, Ph.D., Harvard, H-A-R-V-A-D, and nothing else. No contact details, no further information. I was, despite myself, intrigued. I later found out that his degree was, in the loosest sense, real. However, it was most definitely not Ph.D. It was a public healer dogma. Ph.D. in all caps, from uni, university, Harvard. A distance learning and stationary provider headquartered in a one-room office in Patna. Although I never really forgot about Shakewell, I never made any attempt to stay up to date on his exploits. I was quite busy with, among other things, my own comprehensive fall from grace. Thus, it was only several years later that Shakewell was once again front and center of my attention. Primarily, this was because he had abruptly thrown himself in the front of the car I was driving in the center of the lane. As it happens, vehicular speeds tend to be quite low in parking lots, so there was no harm done. No harm, that is, except for a small dent in the bonnet he had caused before sliding off. It was quite a committed performance, enough to quickly wash my instinctive rage away with a wave of confusion. I got out of the car to confront him, having not yet recognized an old acquaintance. On the bitumen, partly beneath the beige nose of the car, lay the slender, wrinkle-suited, and quietly groaning figure of Shakewell T. Mazia. I could hardly believe my eyes. Naturally, he didn't recognize me. How could he? I had been one of hundreds of punters at his seminar. I certainly recognized him, though. I decided that he should be the one off balance for once. I smiled and said, Hello, Shakewell. What on earth are you doing down there? I imagine there are more than a few people who would pay good money to see the look of naked shock that crossed his face. However, it was only the briefest lapse. Barely missing a beat, he sprang back onto his feet, having apparently made a full recovery. He smiled broadly and extended a hand. Good to see you again. How have you been? It was clear that he hadn't the faintest clue who I was, but he nonetheless brought the full force of his charm to bear. I threw him a bone. I've been reasonably well, I guess, all things considered. I don't think I've seen you since Ryazan. What have you been up to? I mean, besides, I gestured vaguely towards the ground. However, the insurance calm of a few minutes prior was now a relic of the forgotten past. Beaming, Shakewell draped a familiar arm around my shoulders and began to wax lyrical. Though he was deft about it, I could tell he still couldn't quite figure out who I was to him. I decided I wouldn't make that easier. 
I kept up the pretense. Shakewell explained that the Russian affair had concluded, through no fault of his own, quite poorly. There had been, he informed me, some serious and completely unforeseeable shortcomings in the centralized blockchain concept. The computer on which the database was stored had encountered a mysterious and fatal error, leaving no record of who had how much money. Though the situation was bleak, there was hope, he assured me. The funds that hopeful dozens had exchanged for equivalent sums of cryptocurrency were being safely kept in a Swiss bank. Very, very trustworthy, the Swiss. I could sense him observing my reaction, wondering how much I had lost, perhaps gauging how bitter I might still be. I considered playing up the victim role, but Shakewell moved on swiftly. After I had parked the car, he invited me to have a drink with him at a Wild West-themed pub and grill in the mall. I was confident that it was the preamble to his next scheme I had just been invited to, but I also had nothing better to do with my day, so I agreed. As expected, I was treated to a detailed lecture on the can't-lose nature of geographic arbitrage in good futures. I also learned how I could, with just a small upfront investment, be enjoying a gourd-born fortune in just a few short months of barely even work. Needless to say, I was not interested. To be honest, the point was moot, since I was barely in a position to make good on my portion of the drinks bill. I told Shakewell as much and was soon thereafter treated to the most delightful about Tan in his sales speech. Eish! This economy, eh? He shook his head in solemn lamentation. Terrible stuff, man, just terrible. Yeah, I quipped. They should really just print out a bunch of money and give it out to everyone. Problem solved. My companion, a master of the fake laugh, did not even chuckle as he took a lengthy sip of his milk stout. I cleared my throat and attempted to segue onto a new subject, but I could tell the conversation had ended, as far as Shakewell was concerned. After expertly extricating himself from my company while draining the last of his beer, Shakewell made himself scarce, pleading a prior engagement. As I paid for our drinks, I smiled, wondering what poor sap would next end up under Shakewell's spell. Moments later, my smile faded somewhat as I contemplated my own situation. To wit, quite in need of magical intervention, though certainly not that of public healer Mazia. Still, I did need to do something. This will sound very strange, but... Sitting with my milkshake in that cowboy-themed bar in that unremarkable shopping mall, I was motivated, perhaps even inspired, by Shakewell. Not by any of his words or deeds or ideas, of course. More by his... Perhaps the correct word is drive. I realized that people like Shakewell were always, unfailingly, doing. He just did things without care for whether it would be successful or indeed ethical. While I did not, and do not, 
abide his indifference towards matters of ethics, I decided in that moment that the best thing for me would be to adopt his ability to do. That day, I decided to take the first step down the path that led in a somewhat roundabout way via a shitty blog, some SEO nonsense, and plenty of good old-fashioned lucky breaks to today. I don't know why I'm thinking about Shakewell, today of all days, potentially the most important of my career. Every few seconds, I have to place a palm on my knee to prevent the tapping of my restless heel on the polished hardwood floor. At this rarefied stratum, even the assistants have cavernous offices. This young man's wood-paneled workplace is bathed in rich, golden sunlight from several skylights. I have just about gotten to the bottom of my second cup of premium Caricho Highlands tea when the pleasant young man says, Miss Izzy, thank you for your patience. The minister will see you now. He then shows me into what can really only be described as a small-ish, exquisitely decorated aircraft hangar. The large, immaculately dressed man behind the impressive desk stands and aims a dazzling smile at me. It is the smile of a man who wants you to know that he is without any earthly desire but to support you who stand before him. He offers me his hand and greets me warmly. Miss Abdul, how absolutely delightful. I've been looking forward to this. Please have a seat. I do not correct him. What of it to the minister that I am, in fact, the ill-prepared, less qualified understudy? Sunlight streams through the floor-to-ceiling French corner window. The light beside and behind illuminates the man as a halo might. I am puzzled, but I refuse to have my attention diverted. Doing this interview well could be what finally kicks my career into gear. This is my big break, and it's time to start. I open with a short, skillful barrage of small talk, the pleasantries. Not too long, not too direct. Then subtly, I get into the meat of the thing. I ask, and he explains the reason for the recent economic downturn. It's all a consequence, he assures me, of his predecessor's policies. It will all be very soon dealt with now the office is in competent hands. He explains that the issue is as simple, when you really consider it, as a shortage of government-issued fibrous rectangles. Hardly a natural disaster, solved at a stroke, once the ink is all dry. As a last-minute replacement for a more senior, more specialized colleague, perfect storm, you see, family emergency, short staff, last-minute opening in the months ahead ministerial schedule, I see no reasons to object. Quite the opposite, in fact. In the twilight of my career, this interview is the last, best chance I will get to make a name for myself. Never mind that I don't know the first thing about macroeconomics. It looks like I won't need to. According to the minister, please call me Serpo, he says, everyone does. It's all perfectly straightforward. 
solving the crisis will hardly require more effort than a lovely caricho brew. No milk, thanks. Yes, just the one sugar. Indeed, the minister explains, his experience in the development of a bespoke digital currency for a major European power makes the solution to this crisis for him child's play. When I follow up, um, which power specifically? The minister directs the conversation, innocently, amicably, to the musical selection. Class is tough, don't you think? Excellent for the alpha waves. After the detour, the European crypto project slips my mind. It was not one of my set questions. Precious few they were. I am grateful the minister is such a skilled conversationalist. The interview has gone very smoothly. A most pleasant while later, I stand to take my leave, offering a final, thank you for your time, Minister Mazi Sepo. Then, with the thank yous and pleasures all mine exchanged, I begin the long echoing walk out of the halls of power with a skip in my step. I've done an excellent job and reward should soon follow at long last. Later, I lean back in my chair with a drink in my hand. At my desk in the darkened newsroom, I relieve the day's events. In the future, I will tell the story of this turning point. Tonight, the presses run on the story of my career's twilight rebirth. My byline is on the front page, above the fold, right in election season. I am content. Idly, I run my eyes over the brightly colored packaging of my milkshake. I smile as I take instruction from the cardboard. Shake well before use. My smile slackens and fades as, suddenly, the last disparate jigsaw pieces of a terrifying realization fall into place. My middle name is Trust was read to you by Carol Irongo and written by Nsika Kota. Born in Bambane, Eswatini, Nsika Kota is a chemist by training and is a self-taught writer. He is the 2022 Commonwealth Short Story Prize winner for his story and The Earth Drank Deep. Nsika's work is a reflection of his thoughts and feelings and he enjoys creating that reflection. He has written several short stories, two novellas and numerous pieces of very short flash fiction. Thank you, Nsika, for sharing your work with us. If you'd like us to consider your short story for the podcast, drop us an email at nipestorypodcast at gmail.com. That's nipestorypodcast at gmail.com. Stories should be between 750 and 4,500 words and we'll be more than happy to have a look at it. Nipe Story is available to download or listen here on SoundCloud or wherever you get your podcast from. We are on Facebook and on Twitter. Our handle is Nipe underscore story. Thank you for listening. Nipe Story is a finger piano production. <laughs>